going on, everybody? And uh, welcome back to the channel. So uh, I am delighted to have Ryan Van Loan joining me once again. Ryan, uh, it's a little dark where you're at. <laughs> yeah, so I am coming from a haunted house. All I have is this soul candle and the uh, the light from, from David's lovely face reflecting back at me from the screen. But uh, no, uh, the, the power oh, of our house uh, just just tanked right before we jumped on here. So I am uh, I'm coming by lamplight, but uh, excited. I mean, we got all the atmosphere we need, man. Yeah, there you go. I just hope it's not an omen. You know, <laughs> power goes out right before you <laughs> jump on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that uh, that everything you know is charged up, and you've got time to do this. And uh, you know, we're not. We're not just like going off your 5% battery life left on your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, hopefully the uh, connection's all right. We were going off of my mobile hotspot on my phone and my laptop and the battery that remains. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I just kind of want to catch up a little bit. I mean, I know we've, we've had a couple of chats before, so ho hopefully most people are uh, pretty in tune to, to who you are and what you're about. But um how uh, how have things been since uh, TBR Con back in January? I mean, it's gosh, it feels like it's been forever since we last talked. I know, man. I, I on the one hand, like it's a fond memory because I haven't done too many cons since then. But on the other, yeah, it's been feels like a lifetime ago. No, it's it's been wild. I mean, uh, so I um, you know, I uh, have been working on on getting book three ready, promoting book two um getting a new series ready uh that we're going to be uh that maybe we could talk about later that we're, we're taking out um at the same time we we moved bought a new house sold our old house uh and uh and i work in healthcare so it's been super chill since january <laughs> you know it's been it's been a wild roller coaster and i just kind of like want to take a couple weeks and, and veg out which uh hopefully will happen in september but um yeah, man, it's it's been it's been wild, but uh, really excited and excited to get to talk to you again. It's been awesome actually watching like you know I think when we first connected for Mayday Con and you were like you know had your book review site going and it was there, but man, it has taken off. You've been like taking the world by storm. That's cool. I mean, you know, I I, I don't I don't toot my horn. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. I see. I wasn't even doing. Uh, video chats like I was just doing like a little podcast and uh, just going you know for the 10 people who want to listen here you go uh, and then you know made con everybody's like you need to do more of these so I was like okay what can I do well let's like triple it and do a full week long <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe like you were like like 12 hours a day just in front of the camera like talking and like not looking tired but like I could tell that like you were like really pumping it out I was like oh my god and your wife too to let you uh to put up with that that's, oh, that's something else. yeah luckily she was working most of that so and, and, my, and my daughter was a trooper she napped through every one of them and then uh no I was really worried though because we did the um the big panel with Erickson and Brett and Winter and literally five seconds before that started, I had just put my daughter down and like ran back in here to start the panel. And I'm sitting there watching on the monitor. I'm like, all right, you got to stay asleep for like one hour, just one hour, please. And so like, I was like, just like stress sweating through the whole thing. 
I'm gonna have to I watched that but I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again now and be like zoom in on you and like watch like the the bead of sweat yeah like watch my eyes like darting back <laughs> into the monitor <laughs> yeah because I'm like I'm like I, I, I can't mess this up in front of like Steven Erickson and I mean I, I talked to Peter and Evan and you know of course I, I didn't want to mess up in front of Rebecca either but yeah was, I was just like oh gosh boys let this panel go well and so I'm like you know probably I don't know, 10 or 15 percent of it I'm like like speaking over my sentences because like I just can't get the words out fast enough. <laughs> I'm also like stressed out. But yeah, no, it's it's been a ride. I mean, you know, I I, I did the podcast and um, you know, I had a couple of people reviewing on the blog. And it, so we were, you know, pretty staying pretty small. And I was, I was like, you know, what what is like the next step? Like, what what do I do? Do I do I start doing video reviews? I never want to do video reviews. I I honestly I hate like myself on camera and like I don't think I could just like talk to myself. It's kind of weird. You know, mm-hmm. I know you're talking to an audience, but like I can't I can't do it. I can do talking to somebody else, but I can't do this this whole thing. So I was like, all right, that that's next. I'll just keep doing the chats. And then I was like, well, what if I just do like an open call for for more review? You know, more reviewers. Like who? Who out there is like looking for a place besides Goodreads and Amazon to review? And then all of a sudden, like 15 people signed up. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. Okay, sure. And so now we're at uh we're at 27 reviewers on the blog now. So it's it's gotten pretty, pretty massive. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh we're about we're about to um or I've got a, uh one of the guys, Adrian Gibson's about to, to start like a new podcast for the for the blog. It's like it's associated with the blog, but it's not like Fanfire Addict Presents. It's uh, it's called SFF Addicts, so it's similar. Uh, but we're gonna be doing like like full like blog chats. We'll be doing interviews. Like we've got an interview coming up in September with Anthony Ryan, Sebastian De Castell, and uh, uh, Nicholas Eames, and we may be adding one more person on there. So that's gonna be a pretty big one. And then uh, we just got like a, a few more kind of like going in the works. So that's that's going to be something new. And then, yeah, just kind of keep doing what we're doing. So it's, it's been a whirlwind, but it hasn't been, you know, finishing a book and moving houses because moving is so exhausting. Oh my God. I never wow. want to do it again. I, yeah, we're not moving for a, ever if I can, <laughs> if I can wrangle it, but yeah, well, and you know, this, our house was like our first house. We were in it for like eight years. So I had all these little projects that I never did. And so then it was like, literally like I had to do eight years worth of like maintenance and like a month so that we could show it. Oh my God. It was, it was awful. It was, it was like literally like awful. Um, and then we had some life stuff going on. So it's just like, there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of stress, but on the other side now, on the other side of the book launch, on the other side of moving now I'm kind of like, okay, it was all worth it. But yeah, man, in the moment, but I have to say, I knew, I knew you were huge when, I think, I don't know, I think it was a month ago, I tweeted out something, which is true, but I tweeted out something about how, you know, like reviewers and podcast folks are like the lifeblood of like the genre really and getting the word out because like, it's a thankless job. You, you put a ton of time into it. You, you know, even if you have a financial revenue stream, it's, it's never, you know, you're never breaking even on the amount of time that you're putting into it. So it's just a labor of love. But I'd said that and then you retweeted it. And then like all these people were retweeting it that I didn't know. So I was like checking them out. And like each one was like fan fiatic reviewer, fan fiatic reviewer. And I was like, oh my God, like David got huge. Like I knew it, I was seeing it. But like, then like I saw it in front of me and like, yeah, like I believe it, like 20 some people. It was just crazy. So congrats. It's awesome to, to see that happen. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's been, it's been pretty organic, um, you know, ex- outside of like the open call, um, you know, I've just had like some people just kind of, you know, hit me up and go, Hey, I'm interested in doing this, but it's, it's so weird because I feel like some people like come and talk to me, like I'm supposed to be like somebody famous. And so, th- so they, they're like, Hey, I just want to like check in. And I'm like, please talk to me like a normal person. Like I, I you know, I'm, I'm not just like some, some guy, you know, just, because uh, I, I don't ever want to feel like I've like made it big because I don't want to end up getting like an ego and, and all this other stuff and be like, oh, no, I'm going to turn people away. Like I literally have said yes to every single person. That's probably why we have 27 people on the blog. But, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it, it, I'm kind of just using it as a as a platform just to help people out. Because, I mean, we've got some people that have, have had blogs for years that never got the traction they wanted. So, and, you know, we still, we still don't get like a massive amount. I mean, we get a, a good, you know, daily count, but um, you know, it's, it's not something that I'm going to sit there and scream from rooftops about, but uh, you know, it's, it's nice because now we've built our own like kind of community inside of the community. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have constant direct messages going on between everybody about all kinds of things. And it's just kind of like a place where, like all of my friends from high school moved out of the, out of the city. And so like, we're, I'm friends with all of my wife's friends, husbands. <laughs> so, and only like a couple of them read and we don't, and we like just text every now and then because we don't see each other all the time. So like the, this, this blog on top of the, the community outside of it is just like a really nice place to talk about books, to talk about movies and video games and all kinds of stuff that I don't, I don't really have. And I haven't had in years. Um, and, and it's awesome. And I hope it continues to, to grow. I just hope I, I don't, it doesn't overgrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you have the right attitude and that's what, you know, everything you said, I was like smiling because that's what I love about the genre. Like to me, that's, that's when the genre science fiction and fantasy, that's when we're doing it right. It's like, you know, a group of like-minded folks getting to hang out together. There's, you know, there's no, there's no ego there's no right or wrong there's just like hey we love genre and let's talk about what we love about it that's what i that, i mean i think that's why everybody gets on twitter that's why everybody gets into this now we all know that there's like the discourse and there's the trolls and so you know i think a lot of people are checking out and it's unfortunate um mm-hmm. but like that kind of safe space where you can just like hang out with like-minded folks and like talk talk stuff and like your attitude is what i love because it's it's funny you know like i um I am by no means uh, a big named author, but I bump into a lot of different folks in the genre, whether it's the industry side or whether it's on like the blogger side or the YouTube side or the con side. And it's, it's funny to me, it's only happened a few times, but it's funny to me, I will occasionally bump into somebody who is like, well, you know, I only take on people that are a big deal or like, you know, well, we have some big names coming here and like that sort of a thing. And I'm always just like, okay. Like, and I'm like, I'll remember you. I hope one day I'm big enough that you ask me and I will remember this encounter. Um, hopefully I won't be that petty, but that's what I love about you. And I love about like a lot of folks like, you know, um, Kate Elliott is a good example. She reached out to me before I ever had a book deal and, uh, and nobody would know this, but she reached out to me, sent me an email and said, Hey, you know, I saw this post that you posted on Twitter. If I can ever help out, just let me know. And ever since then, she's kept in touch. She'll occasionally tweet back to me. She'll reach out. She'll retweet my stuff. Um, hopefully I get to meet her in person one day and thank her. But it's like, it's people like that, like Elizabeth Bear, like you, 
that are, uh, I think, why folks are drawn to the genre. So yeah, man, I, th I think it's awesome. You deserve it all. And, uh, you know, if you get too big, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have, I think. Well, well, I, I, I will, uh, I, I will gladly take being in the same sentence as Kate Elliott and Elizabeth Barrett. I, that, that makes my heart feel good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I posted the other day about just kind of taking a back step from Twitter, which, which, I mean, I, I've seen some big names, you know, Todd A. Thompson uh, just is, is gone from Twitter now. And, and I freaking hate that. I, I love I following know. him. Um, and I love his books and I wanted to talk about his new one, you know, when it comes, cause it comes out in October and I was just about to start it. And I'm like, no, but you know, th there's, there's other ways of, of getting in touch, but yeah, you know, I just, I, I came to realize that I would, if I wasn't working, if I wasn't, if my daughter was done for a nap and I wasn't trying to focus on something else, I literally would just sit there and just scroll mindlessly. And you, you would look up and 30 minutes have passed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep DMs open. I'll look at notifications, but I'm like, you know, I just, I don't want to have to sit there and like seriously scroll through everything like find the people that I want to find to make sure that I'm keeping up with what they're doing. It's just, it's so tedious and so hard. And, and I'm like, you know, I, there's other things I could be doing like reading. Like today I've been reading um, the, uh, the, the book upcoming hand of the sun King. Um, mm. And I, I like powered through like half of it today. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've only been on Twitter like once. This is amazing. I should keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh so it's it's been it's been a relief, but yeah, it it, it, it I kind of do hate that I miss out on some of the some of the great stuff that's happening uh, on Twitter, but I'm glad I'm missing out on the crap stuff that happens. If that for makes sure. sense. <laughs> no, for sure, man, for sure. <laughs> so um so are we gonna get another season of bake? I'm so ready for a new season of Bake Off. We've already watched the the last season like two or three times, and I love I everybody, but I, I need I need new. <laughs> I mean, before the Delta variant, I feel like things were going really well in Britain, and they did it when we didn't have a vaccine. So I feel like they have to they have to come through for us now. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I really like the last one. I mean. I, I like all of them. That one was a little different, but I actually like it. They still find, and I mean, I've never been to, to Great Britain. I've been to Europe, so I need to get over there. I, I don't know if they're all like those people, but like whatever their screening process is, like they find like the nicest people in the world. Oh, no. and, and like, you'll, I'm never, like oh. you'll never find that here. <laughs> no, no, never, never. I know. I've like, I like Top Chef, but I'm like, Top Chef is like rare that you see somebody nice. And then like, you know, like I think like the, the guy who won like was then outed later is like being like this like, you know, awful like boss and harasser. So it's just like, oh, God. But um, you can really portray your, yourself however you want to on television. <laughs> totally. Totally. So like that has always been my outlet, man. Like we've talked about this before. So, yeah, I think we have to get another season. Um, I'm waiting for the day when like Paul is like done and like some of the other people are done. And I'm like, ah. They they haven't stepped wrong so far, but yeah. man, yeah, like I like I I would love to see like some some of the contestants from like the first couple of series like come back and be a host. Like if, if Paul Hollywood is ever is ever done, like I would love to see like Liam come back and be the host, which I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure he hosts another show if I'm not mistaken, or did host at one point. Um, 
But yeah, no, that, that show never gets old. Like I, I could just sit there and just watch all the seasons like over and over again. Now, now my wife and I did watch, um, oh shoot. I'm, to, I'm totally blanking. It was the, the Zumbos, Just Desserts. Have you ever watched that? I think there's like only one season on Netflix. I think, I think we watched one of those because when you said Just Desserts, it, it, it triggered a memory. Yeah, but, yeah, but like even on there, like it, everybody was so cutthroat except for like one guy. <laughs> and he like almost wins the whole thing. And, uh, and I'm like, gosh, I, I just, nothing, nothing is Great British Bake Off. And so uh, I just, uh, that's what I always compare it to. <laughs> There's um, Netflix has a show. It's one of the, it's one of the women from uh, uh, the Bake Off. Oh, I can't remember her name. I want to say, like, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Is, is it? Uh, I want to say Nadia, but I don't think that's right. Uh, yeah, Nadia. Yeah, Nadia Hussein. Yes, yes. Yeah. And she has like, like, it's, 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 it's really cute. It's like, you know, she shows you like two or three different recipes and like talks you through it. And like, it's all the Britishisms that like make no sense to Americans that like you only know if you watch the Bake Off. So right. it's great. Like, um, so she's had success, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's uh, got two shows on Netflix. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, does she? She's got Nadia Bakes. And I forgot what the other one is. My wife and I have already like watched those. Nice. <laughs> and, that, and that's when we made the Beef Wellington because she had made it. And my wife's like, oh my gosh, I totally want to make that. So I was like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I need to make that. I've eaten beef Wellington. I haven't made it yet. Um, I'll make her version over Gordon's because, uh, you know, she's just nicer. Yeah. Um, and like like Ruby, like I'd love to see Ruby come back mm-hmm. um, from like the uh, the original. Uh, I think she was what, season two, maybe season mm-hmm. three. Something like that. Um, I, I always like the uh, the bakers who are like convinced that they suck and are terrible. And then like everybody's like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Like, this is amazing. And like, it always cracks me up. Like, like, just like, I like people that don't, like, I don't like people not to know how good they are, but I do like people who are like, are so humble that they're like, I can't be this good. Like I've messed up. Like um, uh, the one guy I'm blanking on his name who crushed it that one season it was like two or three seasons ago. Um, he's like and he ended shorter- up winning it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a shorter guy. He Starts won. With an R. I can't remember. I can't remember. I know. There's so many of them. They kind of all like like their faces are in my head, but they're. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, Google it. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> yeah, no, we need to. That guy was like amazing. The stuff he was putting out, like like the the second episode, and he was convinced the whole time that he was terrible. And I was like, dude, like, you're incredible, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna die if I don't find it. Uh, was it? it- it wasn't like no, it wasn't Raul. What was it? It was something R. I think it was an R. They all run. Yeah, it is Raul. Raul Mandel. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I was gonna feel really bad. <laughs> I can't believe I messed his name up. No, good. But no, he yeah. crushed it like every week, and he was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awful." I'm like, "Come on, man!" But those are like, but like I'm like you. Those are the ones. They're like my favorite. Is mm-hmm. they they think they're horrible and they think they suck and they're just like just crushing everything and everybody's just like how did you how did you do all these chocolate sculptures when it's like (laughs) a thousand degrees outside (laughs) that's the other thing it's so cruel that they're like hey middle of summer in a tent like now do something with chocolate like (laughs) come on now (laughs) you're gonna have to wait like half an hour (laughs) yeah totally no ac units you're gonna wait half an hour for the judges to show up And everybody's sweating and, and like somehow your chocolate's just going to have to stick it out. It's yeah. Crazy. See, like now, now we're watching Nailed It 
Um, I don't know if you've ever watched that one. That, that was freaking hilarious. So usually they take they, and when they say amateur bakers, I mean these are people that like burn cakes like at home. It's like not, you know, they, they haven't like been on anything and they're never gonna be, but it's so much fun. But like even they get blast chillers. And I'm like, why can't the people on Bake Off get a blast chiller for once? Like, like help them with their chocolate creations. <laughs> it's nuts. Oh man. Well, you know, it being Europe, they probably don't even have that. Like, they, they have it in Australia, they have it in the US, but for some reason they can't get one in the UK. <laughs> they can't get the sockets right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about books. That's 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 one of the main reasons we're here. But first, I want you to talk a little bit about your first book, The Sin and the Steel, that came out last year. Um, Piratical Fantasy. Uh, I know uh one, you know, Jason freaking loved it. Uh, he's he's talked nonstop about it. So tell everybody a little bit about what the Sin and Steel is about, and then we can kind of talk about how it leads into book two, The Justice and Revenge. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, yeah, the Sin and the Steel is the the first in the Fall of the God series. Uh, it follows the story of Sambukinia Bakalhura. She is um, an autodidact street rat. She's kind of part Sherlock Holmes, part young Indiana Jones, all herself. Uh, she's, she's kind of too smart for her own good. She has this razor sharp blade hidden up her sleeve, but she has an even sharper tongue. And so The Sin and the Steel introduces us to her and her um, swordsman partner in crime solving Eld. They're kind of the first private investigators in a world controlled by trading companies and empires and these gods that are caught in an endless war. Um, and so, you know, she grew up on the streets and she knows how awful it is for basically everyone who wasn't born with a golden spoon. And so she's determined to upend their corrupt society. She's just been looking for a lever big enough to get her the power needed to do that. And so the sin and the steel is her finding that lever. Um, basically she gets blackmailed by a, the largest trading company, most powerful trading company in the world. Um, but she flips the tables on them a little bit. And so her and Eld take on this mission that uh, has them facing off against pirate queens and mages and uh, the undead and uncharted seas to basically solve this mystery that empires have failed to uncover. And then unfortunately for Buck, the gods get involved. And unfortunately for the gods, uh, Buck has a plan for them. And so it's, you know, it's pirates, it's rip-roaring adventure, it's kind of swashbuckling fantasy. And so that was the sin and the steel. Um, you know, I call it adventure fantasy with heart. The adventure is most of what I just talked about. I think the heart is kind of this, this found family between Buck and Eld who kind of have their, you know, backs together facing off against the world. And, and when we meet Buck, she's kind of convinced she doesn't need anyone, but it's this found family journey between her and Eld that I think is, is really intriguing. Um, so that's the sin and the steel. And then you know, the Justice and Revenge, the sequel, uh, kind of takes a turn from um, pirates to politics. It has the dynamic duo kind of dealing with the fallout from the events of the first book. Um, it's set against the backdrop of Cervenza. It's this island gearwork city. Um, I have a bunch of amazing set pieces. Think kind of um, Venice, uh, you know, uh, it's been compared to Lies of Locke Lamore and Scott Lynch's world. I think because of the Mediterranean elements, there's definitely some differences there, but from a setting perspective, I think Mediterranean, you know, Caribbean pirate fantasy, yeah, totally. But this one has a lot more like boardroom intrigue, masquerade balls, there's gondola chases, street games, shape-shifting mages. 
Um, but Buck and Eld find themselves facing this evil mastermind who might be the only one who can rival Buck's genius. And it's kind of the deadliest mystery of their career. So that's the sequel. Um, the Justice and Revenge just came out this summer. Last summer was The Sin and the Steel. Um, both definitely adventure fantasy with heart. Uh, like I said, you know, kind of just choose your own. If you like pirates, you're in. If you like politics, you're in. You know, I don't know anybody who doesn't like gondola chases. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, shape shift, shape shifting mages. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so going from book one to book two, you know, were you ever worried that you were going to hit that sophomore slump that a lot of people talk about? Uh, you know, with book twos, especially you know a first series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's kind of in 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 books and music and and a lot of different artistic things. There's always that you know, the second book was rushed and, oh, they weren't ready and, and what have you. And um, so I was really worried about that. Um, so I actually, I finished book two and I finished the edits on book two before book one came out. So that was nice in that I didn't have the pressure of, you know, an audience and audience expectations. Um, but I knew I would, I knew that this book would have an audience and there would be expectations. So, you know, I probably overcorrected in hindsight. Um, you know, I think the one comment that has been kind of common throughout both both reviews of both books has been that, uh, you know, I don't I don't explain everything for the reader. You know, you have to be paying attention. Um, you know, I think labyrinthian plot was was one comment by a reviewer, which I really liked because you know I, I grew up on epic fantasy, the kind of you know take you know take no prisoners approach. So. I threw a lot into the, the first draft of this one though, because I really didn't want to want to have that problem. And I remember when I, I sat down with my agent, uh, Don Juan Song, who was an editor at Orbit with, uh, you know, James S.A. Corey and Brent Weeks and um, Shannon McGuire writing as Mira Grant and um, kind of laid it all out for them. And I remember, I remember Don Juan's eyes and uh, they were like, well, you know, I think we might need to prune a little bit here. Like maybe like we'll cut back this and like, maybe we focus on that. And so I did that. And then I, I got to my editor at tour, um, Melissa Singer, who is, who's awesome. And she was like, <laughs> her edit letter back to me was like, so you got a lot going on here. Um, you know, like might be a, a little too many twists, a little too much this, a little too much that. So, you know, normally I am an underwriter. Uh, most of my edits are like, hey, can you explain this a little bit more? Unpack that a little bit more, which I love because I, I hate cutting and I, I love to write prose but this one was definitely a, a different beast so you know I went in there I, I trimmed some things I kind of straightened out a couple of plots that were a little too twisty but there's still a lot of twists in here there's still a lot of mystery and intrigue um, you know it's private investigators trying to uncover you know basically uncover who's trying to kill them and kill them before they get killed themselves is, is what it turns into and so that's always I think kind of kind of a, a fun way to, to go through a book but yeah, man, this was this was a lot. I don't think that I have to worry about the sophomore slump. The, the initial reviews, anyway, from from bloggers and uh, some of the trades have been really positive, so I've been thankful for that. But uh, but it definitely was a lot more work than than I initially anticipated, and um, you know, probably a little too top heavy in that first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's, there's, it's always that balance. Like, okay, I have to cut a lot or. You know, I, I have heard of a few people that have had to add words after, you know, like, you know, sending it in the first time. And I, I can't imagine going, oh, gosh, you know, I finished this book. It's so great. And then going, 
I need you to add about twenty or thirty thousand more. <laughs> You're like, oh gosh, no, what do I do? Uh, well, that's how it was for the sit and the steal. I think the I think the version I turned into tour was like one fifteen hundred fifteen thousand words and i think the version that's in print is about 125 so so they were like hey can you but like like i said i love that like i love writing prose so i mean you want me to add another chapter happy to do so now when you are like hey can we trim like ten thousand out of this that's where i like start to break out into a cold sweat <laughs> but um you know luckily my editor is really good at that even with just like line work of like you don't need this and here and you don't need that there and over the course of like 600 pages suddenly we, we've trimmed a lot so yeah so luckily i have those folks in my corner but yeah i um i definitely uh definitely had to trim on this one <laughs> <laughs> so um as far as uh going from book one to book two you know if you expanded a lot in the world do you do you stay kind of in that caribbean uh area do you uh, do you add any more points of view uh, into into your series? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, book one was like we started in Cervenza, but by chapter like two or three, we're, we're headed out to the Shattered Coast and kind of the, you know, here be dragons territory of the world. So you get you get a lot of sense of the character and kind of the plot. You don't necessarily get that that whole worldview. Book two, we're squarely in Cervenza. It's, you know, the um, island capital of a pretty vast empire. And so it's a melting pot, as you might imagine. And so we start to get a larger sense of the world. Um, you know, it's called the Fall of the Gods series for a reason. And so we, we learn a lot more of the gods. Uh, we get a lot more POV from, from some of the mages on both sides because there's, there's rival factions there. Um, you know, the, the evil mastermind I mentioned, we start to get some interesting peeks into what they're doing versus what Buck and Elder are doing. And so I think that that's a, a really fun um, um, look into things. And then, you know, I, the thing that surprised me in this book, I'm very much an outliner and, um, and I very much know exactly how the book is going to go before I ever write the first line of prose, but my characters are very organic. So you know, uh, that's, that's where I can be surprised when I'm, when I'm creating. And there was a couple of side characters, secondary characters who interact with Buck or Eld or, or, or the world in general, who, um, who really caught me by surprise because they had more to say than I realized. And so, you know, there's a couple of, of character arcs in this book that I wasn't anticipating, but I think were like really interesting and intriguing and watching these other folks in the background kind of move closer to the foreground. So, yeah, I mean, if you know the sin and the seal was pretty tight it was mostly mostly buck a couple of eld scenes um and and that was pretty much it this one is it's buck it's eld it's this evil mastermind it's mages from the other side so you know readers who and and i think you know in the reviews and the fan mail that i got there was a lot of questions about like oh wow like this sounds really interesting we're gonna get to see more of the world well in book two you definitely get to see a lot more of the world so you start to start to kind of peel back the layers and understand the machinations that are going on behind the scenes in book one. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I feel like that's like one of the the main things, especially in fantasy. Uh, you know that readers are always craving for is, is more world because you know your 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 book one is is generally there. There are some uh, you know rarities out there, but it's generally you know it's introduction. And everybody's like, okay, you got to expand this. You got to you got to move this way and that way and slant ways. <laughs> because <laughs> um, I mean you know I, I've you know I, I even talked to Anthony Ryan about that about the pariah uh, I was like all right we're gonna see more of the world right he's like oh yeah 
you, you see that map edge yeah it, it goes beyond that and i go oh <laughs> oh really does it <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's yeah and and part of my reasoning is just because i, I you know grew up on video games so i'm always mm. like trying to get to the edge of the map yeah. and then i just i literally just like make a diagonal like down it because uh, i'm playing uh thanks to thanks to jenny Dewis, i'm playing uh, diablo 3 right now so literally nice. i'm just like making sure i clear out all like the black spaces <laughs> on the maps like <laughs> i don't miss anything so i just i'm just like killing the same monsters over and over again to make sure there's like not an extra bit of experience up in this corner <laughs> <laughs> oh that's an awesome game no oh, i know really exactly is. i know exactly what you're talking about and and i'm the same way you know like I kind of, I took that approach with my series and the book one takes you to the far edge of the map. And now like book two brings you to the center and book three is going to take you across the rest of the map. So like, you're going to get to see everything, but yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm kind of always like, but what's around that corner, but what's further over there? Like um, I used to play a lot of Elder Scrolls and if they ever come out with a new one, I, I will again, but uh I was the same way. I'd be like, okay, so like what's going on in these far flung corners? Like there's a mountain that I can barely climb. Like, I bet there's something over here. I got to find out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you know, kind of like in like fallout, you know, you, you, you start out and you're able to open most things, but then there's like that one lock that you can't pick for like 30 levels. You're like, okay, I got to jot this down. I got to come back and see what's in there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, how how's the process going for, for book three? I mean, I know book two just came out, so it's like still fresh, but you know, <laughs> did, did you, did you kind of do the same thing? Did you, did, you know, did you have a majority of book three uh, finished before book two came out? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, publishing's funny, right? So like, you know, we're talking about book two just came out, but like I wrote book three last summer. So um, yeah. So, so I wrote book three last summer. Um, I, I had, that one was a lot of fun. And that's the one, like, like it's, it's, it's funny. Every time I go to promo, like the book, like the next book that I just finished or that like I'm going through edits on, I'm so excited about because that's the thing that's fresh in my mind, but I can't really talk about it. And you know, readers don't want to hear about that because they, they have to wait a year, but um, right. no, no. I, so it's done. Um, where I'm at right now, I actually just got line edits back from my editor. So we did um, a pretty light developmental edit where, you know, she was like, Hey, like this chapter you know, needs this or like this arc, like, can you tweak it a little bit? Or like, here's some questions that I had. And so we finished that back in, I don't know, March or April of this year, I think. And then like, literally like the day, the day of uh, the Justice and Revenge release, my, my, uh, my um, celebration for my editor was like, here's a line edit for, for this book. So <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, um, yay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I am, I'm not a fan of line work. Uh, it's actually really important, makes, your, makes, makes it a lot better, but like, oh, it's painful for, to have somebody go through. And not every editor does this, but my editor does, because there's a copy editor that's going to come later and do the same thing. But she'll go through and basically every line be like, did you mean to use this word? Why'd you use this word instead of that word? What about this? Like, did you think about this? Like, hey, this person's coat was a different oh. color like in the scene before. And it all makes it better for the reader. Right. When you're the one that has to go through line by line for like clean it up. It's it's my least favorite part, but it's also probably the most important. So, yeah. So, I mean, book three got me through the summer of the pandemic, honestly, because I I knew I needed to turn it in, you know, um, I think by September 1st. And I I did it by the second week in August. But um, it was 
it was the thing that kind of helped me maintain my sanity while I was going through that. And then, mm. uh, and also, you know, book one came out my debut. And so that was kind of a, an off, off kilter feeling. So, so that's basically done. What'll happen is uh, next week, I'll, I'll get that back to my editor. And then um, in a couple more months, I'll get the copy editor. We'll come through, we'll do the same process. And, uh, you know, hopefully early this fall, I'll start to see some, some draft cover art and then uh, it's off to the races. And so I'll probably last touch the book for like what they call final pass pages, which is basically like, it's like set in the type it's going to look like in the book. You've already looked at that once. And now it's like the final time I'll probably touch that again in like February mm. and then it'll be done. And, um, you know, this time next year, the final book will be out, uh, Hopefully folks will like it, but I mean, the good news is you don't have to worry that like, I'm going to, you know, decide that it needs to be changed or that I need to add something or wait, maybe it's actually four books instead of three books, like <laughs> it's done. So, so everyone's going to find out how Buck's story ends and, you know, how the Fall of the God series plays out. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited for that. I gotcha. So uh, I know we talked a little bit uh, on the onset before we started recording. Um, can you can you talk at all about uh, you know what what you've got coming up next uh, after this series? Yeah. So I mean, I am I'm happiest and I'm I'm a better person whenever I'm writing. So I'm always writing. Uh, so you know, knock on wood, that doesn't change. It hasn't changed for about the last ten or ten or twelve years. So I think we're in safe territory. So while all this was going on, I had this other series kind of percolating in the back of my mind. I had about, I don't know, 70,000 words of it written. Wow. And so, yeah. So, um, but this one's going to be bigger. This one, this one's going to be, you know, not it's, it's going to have adventure, but this is like true epic fantasy. Uh, for a while I was calling it my Sanderson killer. Um, not because I thought it was better than Sanderson, but just like, it was going to be like a doorstopper in the vein of what he writes. Um, and it's going to be long. I don't know if it's going to be that long because now that I've gone through the publishing process, I don't even know how he does it. Like my books are like, you know, 125 to 150,000 words and his books are like 400 to 500,000. And the amount of work that I have to do for this, oh, I can't even imagine. But anyway, we are, uh, we are in the process of, uh, of pitching the next series. Um, and uh, uh, my agent's really excited about it. It's, um, it's sort of like X-Men Avengers meets the Matrix. It's this fantasy world trying to rebuild from a far future post-apocalyptic wasteland. And basically their best hope rests on these mages um, called runics who use blood-based uh, rune magic. And so, you know, the setting is there's like radiation strewn cities that are ruled by sentient AI fae, if you will. Um, there's clans of uplifted gorillas called the Berserker Gang. There's gods with strange magic vying for the hearts of the people and the nations. And so, you know, there's a lot of tension there and going on with all of this, there's, um, you know, there's these runics and uh, the runics start going insane and leveling cities. And so there's this group called Justicars that are tasked with stopping them and finding out what's behind their madness before they tear the world apart for a second time. And so, um, you know, that's the series, that's kind of the pitch. And, uh, you know, wow. I'm really excited to, uh, to get to write that one. So hopefully we sell that this summer and uh, get an announcement out. You know, I don't know, publishing slow. Hopefully we get an announcement out relatively shortly. 
and uh, and if I have my way, that's what that's what folks will be reading next when they finish um, the you know. The I love how you say publishing is slow, and yet like all of us <clears throat> readers are like, oh my gosh, can they slow down? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like we live in this golden age, and it truly is a golden age uh, because the internet has lowered barriers so much, um, and I think you know publishing has grown a lot in that there's amazing fiction out there and each publisher is churning out amazing stuff. So no, I totally get it. I mean, like I'm getting hit up for blurb requests or people like, have you read this? Or like, you know, like I'm like kind of on the promo scene right now. So everybody's like, oh, did you read this book? Did you read that book? And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) No. Like I've been like working on this stuff and like, uh, you know, I'm writing like, you know, one to two books a year, but like publishing is one book a year. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like we said, like, you know, book one came out, I I finished book three. Um, So I'm always further ahead. And like the books that I'm reading now are coming out in like 2022, 2023. And so it's difficult to talk about. Like I read um, uh, Christopher uh, Buhlman's The Black Tongue Thief, like two years ago. Gosh, it was so good. Yeah, like that. I read it last October. God, so good. (laughs) Yeah. So like, like, I'm like excited about that. I want to talk about it. I'm like, well, nobody even knows that this book is happening yet. I I mean, you know, you probably get, you know, like one one of the arcs, like, you know, they were, it was just like a black cover. Like there was nothing, nothing to it. That's that's exactly what it was. Um, And, uh, and yeah, and I read that when I was like, oh yeah, people are going to love this book. And then like, you know, like I've read dozens of books since then. And then now people are talking about it. So it is a little weird to be on the other side. Yeah. Um, from fandom but no I totally get it I think as a reader it's it's the best time like it's never been better um Mm -hmm. you know I was in high school when Jordan was still alive and publishing and uh and that was fun but the the number and breadth and scope of fantasy today is just you can't beat it it's insane yeah especially you know with self-publishing and indie publishing and I mean, because there's like always like a new like small press coming out that's like pushing out things. I mean, you've got, you know, Athon books now that's like, they're just churning books out like crazy and audio and lit RPG and all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, you've got all the traditional, uh, you know, with Tor and Orbit and it's Penguin Random House. I mean, it's it's nuts. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm in the same boat. You're just like, have you read this? I'm like, no, if it's come out in the last five years, there's a potential that I have read it. If it came out before that, probably not (laughs) (laughs) no totally i mean on the flip side it's like it's never been a worse time in some ways to be an author because it's like the competition there's so much out there and so like you know the 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 fan base of fantasy is and and you know i think we talked about this earlier like is is wonderful and i think it's wonderful because it's small and close-knit but at the same time it's small and close-knit so like everybody reads a book a month or more in the genre like i totally get it but at the same time like Tor is putting out a book every week or it's putting out a book like every week or every other week the others are doing the same like it's just building on it on on itself and so it's like yeah like you know I get it as a reader I'm still like like I'm going back now because I'll hear I'll hear the buzz and I'll be like oh yeah you know I didn't get a chance to read that book or like oh I think I have that arc laying around and then like I'll go find them and like read that and be like oh that's what everybody's talking about like I think um I think it was last month or the month before I was like I got to read um uh CL Polk's uh first book in her um first uh tour trilogy and now I'm gonna blank on the name of the book um because I'm thinking of the Midnight Bargain but that's the last one that came out in a different series um so Google's for and I know what you're talking about yeah I want to it's not Storm Song why do we keep why do we keep blanking uh Witchmark yes Witchmark 
and so I just read that and, you know, I, I've known CL for, for a little while um, and, uh, and I've known of the series for longer and I finally just read that and it was an awesome book. And I was like, ah, oh, I should have read this sooner, but yeah, there's just not enough time in the day, man. There's really not. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of decided, you know, now that I'm kind of doing this social media kind of like, you know, step back that I'm going to start going through like all these series that I've just been like sitting on for forever or not even sitting on for forever, but just like, found out about just haven't gotten to so like you know i've got to do like all of peter rebrett and uh the rest of abercrombie and you know all of brett weeks <laughs> just like so <laughs> behind because you know since i started doing the blog stuff it's you know it's all been debuts and mm-hmm. hopefully finishing the series out um and and it all kind of started with orbit it's just kind of trickled into tour and it's trickled into and penguin random house and so forth so yeah i mean like most of the stuff that i've read is is probably orbit in the last three or four years and so like i felt really good about like what i've read from one publisher (laughs) (laughs) seriously but but yeah it's 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 crazy so yeah that that's kind of what i decided to do is just kind of like step back okay let's get back to reading and Gosh, like it was, it was so nice. Well, my, my wife and I were allowed to take a day to ourselves to, to go down to the lake and uh, my, her, her parents watched our daughter. So yeah, it's like, I was just sitting by the pool just reading all day. I was like, oh my gosh, if I could do this every day, just imagine, imagine the cleaning off of the bookshelves. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> so have you, uh, have you read anything good recently? um that that isn't coming out in a year or two. <laughs> oh you know it's a good question um let's see well marina lotstetter had a book that came out in march um helm of midnight called, yep called the helm of midnight that was really good uh that is sort of like um miss born meets like hannibal lecter like the tv series uh and and by that i mean it has like this Mistborn atmosphere and magic like quality to it that I think like if you like that book you'd really like this one but it's basically this team of sisters uh who are trying to solve the a serial killer who was who was put to death like 20 years before and Mm. now they've resurfaced and so they're trying to solve like the the mystery of who this killer is and stop them from killing more people um and the magic system is like people when they die like whatever quality they have, they can imbue into a mask. And so they have these death masks. And when you wear a death mask, you get like some of that person's thoughts and feelings come into you, but also whatever power they had. And so, um, you know, that's like, so it's, it's good and bad, right? Like if, if somebody is really talented in an area, that's awesome. But what if they were like insane or like an evil person, like that personality is now like warring in your mind. And so it was a really cool magic system, really cool atmosphere. So that was a good one. Um, I actually just went back, speaking of older books, I went back and I'm almost done with Brian Stapley's first book and in his initial trilogy. And that's been a lot of fun to read. So, um, you know, I can't spoil the ending, so I won't, but um, that, that has been uh, a really cool book to see, you know, epic fantasy done well. Um, kind of getting to see from multiple POVs how like they all converge on one another in this world that's that's coming together. So that's really good. And I'm uh, just now diving into Sanderson's latest and uh, his um, Stormlight Archive series. So I, uh, I did a reread like over like Christmas, like in the winter there and like got caught up. 
and I was like going to dive right into that. And then all the craziness that I mentioned before kind of happened. So I didn't get to it. So I'm just now diving into that. Um, so that's some of the stuff I've, I've been reading recently, but uh, I gotcha. how about you? What's the last thing you read? Let's see. What is the last thing I read? Uh, I finished Chuck Wendig's The Book of Accidents. Um, that's really good. It's like epic horror. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like, to talk more about it, like, really spoils it because, you know, it's like one thing, but it turns into something else. But it's really, really good. Um, if you read Wanderers, it's it's kind of epic in scope like that one is, um, but it's a little closer. Closer, it's like not a, a trip across America kind of thing. Um, but that one's good. Uh, I read. What's that I read recently? Oh my gosh, so many things. Um. Dragon Mage by M.L. Spencer. I mean, I read that one like a month ago, but it's really mm. good. Uh, it's a freaking tome. Let me grab it real quick. Ugh. Which I know like a lot of people have seen this cover, but I just I freaking love it. Uh, but yeah, so Dragon Mage oh, uh, by M.L. Awesome. Spencer. It's so good. Uh, it's, it's like 800 something pages, uh, <laughs> and, but it's like worth every penny. And the audio just came out. So if, if you grab the ebook, which I think it's like 99 cents, you can get the audio for like eight bucks. Uh, so it's like nice. 28 hours for eight dollars i'm like spend it <laughs> <laughs> um and uh what else i kind of like just like go look look on the blog to see um but yeah i haven't i haven't read a whole lot of new stuff recently i read uh or listened to grievar's blood by alexander darwin um it's his second book in his combat code series uh, he was a he was a finalist for the Spiffbo Six uh, this past year, and he's actually going to be in the uh, the new specific the self published science fiction competition that Hugh Howie's doing uh, coming up. So I'm excited to see how he does in that because um, that was kind of I think what 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 hurt him a little bit is is uh, some of the bloggers thought his book was more science fiction, so I think that hurt him a little bit in the finals. Um, okay. So maybe maybe he can uh, do a little better, but uh, the second book's really good. He kind of expanded the world building uh, a little bit, put in some put in multiple PV, POVs, which is pretty cool to see. So yeah, I've just been like like I said, I've been trying to get as much as I can. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm about seventy percent through the Hand of the Sun King now, so I'll probably review that next week. It's it's good. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Goblin Emperor. I don't know if oh, you've nice. ever read that one, um, which Witness for the Dead. I was going to say, next I listens. see Witness for the Dead behind Yeah, you. yeah, that's going to be one of my next ones. Um, but yeah, it's it's like one of those, it's not very like punchy, stabby. It's very political and kind of like a coming of age uh, a little bit, It's but it's it's really good. That one comes out, I think, in August from Gallant's. But yeah, man, I'm just, I'm reading all over the place, listening to books all over the place. Like I'm re-listening to stuff and I'm, and I'm probably like, my wife will go back to teaching uh, in a couple of weeks. So like, I'm going to get really back into listening to books while I'm working. So yeah, I'm planning on just like going through a book a day if I can, but we'll see if that happens. I say that <laughs> and it won't. So well, um, yeah, well, I mean, half those books are like two day reads if you listen right. all the way through anyway. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Have you yeah. um have you checked out LeVar Burton reads at all? No, I haven't. So that's um <clears throat> he reads short stories from science fiction and fantasy like uh, Max Gladstone and uh, uh, Amal Al Motor and um, Elizabeth Bear and a bunch of others, uh, and they're like you know they're like half an hour to like fifty minute reads, um, and he just read one. It was really good by uh, uh, P. Jelly Clark, um, and it's yeah. 
and it, right, it just came out this week. Um, it's called the, uh, oh God. Well, hold on. I can look at my phone. But it's a short story. So it's not like, it's not any of his novellas that have come out recently. Yeah. Um, let's see. It's called The Angel of Khan Al-Khalili. And um, it's about this, um, it's about this, it takes place in like the 19, early 1900s in Cairo, Egypt. And it's this, this girl who uh, comes to a, uh, an automaton angel to ask for a miracle. And like, it's, it's really good. I love, um, <clears throat> I got to sit on a panel with uh, P. Jelly Clark uh, last year at Fiacon and a really cool dude. Um, but his writing is like super evocative. So yeah. like, and like, and then like listening to like LeVar Burton read it, who like, you know, I grew up on with like reading Rainbow and like Star Trek, which is like awesome. So yeah, man, if you're like, if you're looking for a shorter thing, like, you know, you only have like half an hour or something like he has, I don't know, I think he's on like season three or something like that. He's a bunch of stuff in there. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Uh, I really like PJ Clark. We, uh, I had a chat with him last year and uh, Adrian actually just has like a, part two comes out tomorrow that he had a chat with with uh with him about um master of gin and mm. i haven't i haven't finished that one yet but uh i've loved everything that he's come out with like ring shout was like my favorite novella that came out last year it was so good um and he's a he's a great person to talk to um, i love interacting with him when i get the opportunity but yeah i'll definitely check it out because I, I saw some more uh some more names on like the list on the website for, for LeVar and Reed. So I'll check it out. So thanks for that. So well, yeah, no problem. Man. Um, but yes, yeah, so everybody uh, make sure which the city of the seal is, has been out. It, you just need to go get a copy. Uh, and then uh, justice and revenge just came out. So make sure to grab it as well. And, uh, and, and peek at that, uh, that little fan fight addict blurb down at the bottom. Thanks to Jason. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. But um but yeah, and Ryan, it's always so much fun uh, catching up. And I, I don't know if we will again before uh, TBRCon in January, but if we do, it'd be awesome. And if not, then, uh, you know, we'll be talking on the panel uh, like we always do. And best of luck with everything going for book three and with the uh, with the new cell on the hopeful next series. Um, and we'll, we'll do this again. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Always a blast. Uh, you know, maybe next time uh, folks will be able to see me, but that's okay. I'm still coming to you from my haunted house here. And uh, <laughs> you just won't be a floating head. <laughs> I won't be a floating head. But no, man, it, it's been great to catch up with you. Hope things stay well and uh, excited for TBRCon. Yeah, man. Same to you. And hopefully your power comes back on before tomorrow. <laughs> I hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. See you. All man. right, bye.